We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Just two of us here tonight. I'm Jacob, joined by Taylor. Is it sad for me to say that it's kind of been a long week without basketball? Dude, and it's only Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It feels like it's been forever. Crazy. I'm ready for some hoops, man. I'm ready I for some too. hoops. Well, before we dive in tonight, real quick, I want to tell you guys we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find Blue Wire on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods and on their website, BlueWirePods.com. I think we have 85 pods on Blue Wire now. Basketball, Growing. football, baseball, betting, uh, esports, tons of stuff, man. So and if you are into news dropping next week as well, yeah, a teaser. yeah. So make sure you go if you are into sports podcasts. You check out Blue Wire. We are sponsored this week by BetOnline.ag. Talking a little bit more about them later. Uh, maybe some bets that you can put some money down on. Although I don't know if you should listen to us or not. We kind of don't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> We might not be the best. Uh, I don't know, Taylor. Do you bet much? Not very much. Like I have very briefly in the past, but uh, yeah, I'm not much of a gambling man. N- neither am I. But so I will say, I started following BetOnline.ag uh, on Twitter, and uh, they got some really good stuff. Some really good Twitter content. I uh, sometimes I do daily fantasy. Yeah, and true. I'm I'm so conservative. I do daily fantasy. I do the one dollar. One where all you have to do is pay a dollar, and if you finish the top half, you double your money. Um, like I, I'm just I'm super conservative with it. I, yep. I I don't have any money in stocks. Like I'm not a gambling man. I am so conservative; it's ridiculous. I I haven't been to a casino in probably like over a decade. <laughs> like I just I that's awesome. I can't do it. 
Can't do it, man. All right. Well, hey, we wanted to get you guys an episode because we know we typically drop three or four a week, and the Thunder don't play until Friday. So it was going to be a long week without us podcasting. We were kind of itching to get back on the mic. So Taylor and I thought we would jump on tonight and talk a little bit of NBA. We want to talk some Thunder and five big storylines for the Thunder heading down the stretch of the season. We're also going to visit some stuff going on around the association, some stuff in Cleveland, buyouts, etc., uh, etc. Et so, Taylor, let's just jump right on into these Thunder themes. And my question, you and I have my, – my question for you, and, and you and I have both answered this already, although I don't think we know each other's answers yet. Yep. Uh, which is just what are the five biggest Thunder storylines heading into the final stretch of the season? So let's do this. You give me one of your storylines first, and okay. then we'll talk about it. And then I'll give mine second, and we'll go back and forth. I'm sure we, we're going to have some that, that overlap and are similar, so we won't go through 10 full storylines. I don't think that's going to happen, but who knows. But, Taylor, what is your first big storyline for the remaining of the Thunder season? So, first of all, I still can't believe like we're actually to this point. Like I think I saw something right before um, All-Star Weekend, after the Thunder played their last game on Thursday. And it was like the Thunder only have like so many games left, and we you spread them over these last couple or not weeks, but these this last these last two months of the season, there really aren't that many games jam packed in a week. Like we kind of became accustomed to, like in January, for example, I think you had four games in like two of those weeks, which was just wild. So it's kind of a different feel the second half of the season, and things really kind of start to pick up and intensify, and I'm really excited for that. Second of all, <clears throat> you uh, me and you were kind of brainstorming ideas for tonight's podcast, and we're talking earlier today. And I got really excited. I topped, uh, typed out my five themes on my phone, notes on my phone. I get into the gym, and uh, it kind of depends on the mood I'm in. I'm in. Sometimes I like to listen to music. Um, sometimes I like to listen to the remaining podcasts I have on my podcast app. So today was a podcast day. And I listened to one of my favorite Thunder pods, uh, basketball pods in general, the OKC Dream Team. Shout out those guys. And, of course, uh, I think they had two of my questions or themes, and then one of their other questions kind of bled into one of my questions. So, uh, welcome to the OKC B team. I am your host, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, sounds pretty accurate. And, uh, sounds pretty accurate. For my first theme, um, and the reason I said that is because this one kind of bled in there. But anyways, uh, now that OKC has decided to ride this season out and make a playoff push, they didn't trade any, anybody away at the deadline. They're riding with this core. We're going to see how far we can go. So my question, and I think a theme to follow uh, going into the rest of the season and the playoffs, is how does Billy and Pressy manage uh, their aging, injury-prone superstars, or I shouldn't say superstars, or aging and injury-prone stars being CP3 and Gallo? And I think you probably can throw Steven into the mix. He's had a very, inc- I shouldn't say very inconsistent, but certainly been an inconsistent season, I think. And there's just these periods that he goes through, and he has he's done this the past couple of seasons where he just he gets so banged up. And I think he just gets to a point where he just kind of has to not coast, but he's playing and fighting through these injuries. And um, when he's playing his best is when he's completely healthy. And so I'm curious if you're trying to make a playoff push, it almost makes sense now that you've secured a playoff spot to kind of rest him as well as those other two. So what are your thoughts on Billy and Pressy's uh, thought press process with resting those three guys and anybody else for that matter that you think maybe they should? Well, so you we've already double dipped. You hit mine, which was really? – can they keep everyone healthy slash rest the vets? Okay, there you go. Uh, and, and I think you're spot on. I think they've been resting Gallinari on some back-to-backs and things of that nature. I would assume they want to do the same with Chris Paul. I 
is, is there some pushback from Chris Paul? I remember earlier. It's kind of like season, Russ. The, it's yeah, a, it's a similar situation. That they're letting me hoop. Quote. Right. You know, like they're letting me play. I'm not getting rested. I'm not getting minute restricted, et cetera, et cetera. So, and he also says he's feeling great. Yeah. The you're walking a fine line there, right? You want to keep a rhythm. You want to keep them engaged. But at the same time, especially with Chris and Gallo, those are two guys that if they get injured, you're screwed. You're screwed this season with any sort of playoff push you want to make, and you're screwed in the summer and trying to deal those guys. And so you, you can never predict injuries, right? But but you're walking this fine line on both sides, keeping them engaged versus keeping them healthy. And so I, I do think maybe they'll, they'll start to turn some of those minutes down for those guys. I think it would be a hell of a lot easier if Baisley was healthy to do That's that. That's a good point. Especially with Gallo. We've kind of seen it all season long with – Steven Adams, his minute totals have been pretty low. He and Nerlens have kind of split duty a lot. I, I think they'll probably continue to do that. I wonder if we'll get to see more chances where Shea is the main ball handler with Chris getting maybe uh, some less minutes coming down the stretch. And, and I think they're going to continue what they're doing with Gallo. So I, I think the goal is going to be, yeah, to keep those guys healthy you know, don't run them in the dirt. Don't pull like a, a Houston Rockets and just play them 40 minutes a night and run them in the dirt for a possible run at a five seed. Right. And instead, you you manage them as best you can uh, on, on this very fine line, this very fine balance of keeping them rested and healthy while also keeping them in rhythm and engaged. I think that's a really good point. And you bring up a good point, too, about Shea. And actually, I'll bring this up in a... Uh a point I have further down the line but about him just kind of uh, taking a little more control and getting a little more experience as one of the main guys. I think that could be really big for them heading into the playoffs. Definitely. So my first big storyline, I, I had trouble figuring out how exactly I wanted to word this. So I'm going with, with this. Can the Thunder avoid the two LA teams in the first round? Right. I think that's one of the yep. big storylines coming down. Yep. They don't want to play the Lakers. They don't want to play the Clippers. I think those are the two, even though the, the Clippers' record isn't immaculate, I think those are the two biggest threats in the Western Conference. I don't think anybody's going to beat those two. Those two at some point are going to match up, whether it's in the second round or, or in the Western Conference Finals, which is going to be incredible. But any other team, I think the Thunder could give Denver a scare. I don't think Houston and Utah want to play the Thunder. I think any other first-round opponent, the Thunder could make a series out of it, except those two LA teams. So can they avoid those two LA teams in the first round, which I think means can they get seed five or six? That's a perfect one to follow up uh, my first point, Jacob, because uh, when, when you were kind of talking and elaborating a little bit on my first point, one of the things I was thinking is like, yes, you want to rest these guys as much as possible for the playoffs. But if you're that close to the five seed, do you want to play them a little more and try and get it? Or if you've rested them a little bit and now you're starting to slip into that seventh spot and now you have a potential matchup with either the Clippers or the Lakers, then maybe you do want to play them a little more and try and keep that sixth six seed secure. Um, so I'm exactly, I'm 100% with you. Uh, I think there's really kind of one sweet spot uh, for these Western Conference playoff teams. And it's kind of that like six and three seeds um, because I think that matchup could be really favorable either way where that four and five seed could be brutal. For example, you could have like the Jazz and the Rockets playing each other, and that would just be a brutal first round. Or Definitely. you could have, uh, if you drop to the seventh or eighth, like you said, you're going to end up with um, most likely one of the Clippers or Lakers. Now, maybe the Thunder would want the seventh seed if you get like the Nuggets in the second, uh, yeah, second seed. But Definitely very fair. I love Two your things. Point. 
Two things on this point real quick. First one, quick question for you. Which team do you think the Thunder has the best chance of beating in the first round? Denver, Houston, or Utah? Like I my my head's telling me Utah, but I'm personally scarred um from a Utah series with OKC in the past <laughs> with a hey, fairly there, similar Utah team. There, yeah, there's no mellow on this team though. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> uh there's there's also not a, a no playoff P either, so I, I think that's kind of in Touché. our favor. It's crazy, as, it's crazy as that sounds. Um, I, I I think I'm still going to go Utah, but I'm going to be real honest. Denver doesn't scare me too much unless Murray just gets hot and they find consistency on their wing. But yeah, um, I think you just let Jokic beat you, and um, that series doesn't scare me all that much. Uh, Houston does one. scare me in the playoffs. Hey, we'll, we'll get right now. Yeah, we'll get a preview of OKC Denver this Friday on national television. That is true. That's a really good so, point. I'm excited for that game. So uh, the other point I was going to make, though, these teams we're talking about, the Lakers, I, I think, are a lock for maybe the one seed, at least the one or the two seed. Right. After that, Denver, Houston, Utah, and the Clippers. One of those teams is not getting home court, and one of those teams is losing in the first round. That's really crazy. Wow. And none of those teams, like, expectations are so high. If Houston loses in the first round with that cheap owner, right? If if Utah loses in the first round after trading for Mike Conley and Boyong Bogdanovich and everything that they did, if the Clippers lose in the first round after their summer, right? Like, somebody is is going to have a very bad playoff experience in the West. And it's just going to be fascinating to see how the storylines no come out of that. Those fan bases would not be happy, and neither would those It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. I can't wait for the playoffs. All right, what is your second big storyline, Taylor? So my second big storyline that I have here uh, is none other than the uncontested's favorite, the Lutang clan himself. Lou Tang Clan ain't not. We were listening to some Wu Tang before we were, the pod yeah, before we started. Yeah, yeah, that that was good. Um, and this is kind of a, a two parter. Um, the first one is the obvious one: when does he get converted? Um, I think you know Deontay. Um, I, I said this in I think two pods ago. But I think he got converted like mid early March, like March tenth ish or something like that. Yep, that's correct. Um, and so I'm curious how many days he has left on his two way. Because that obviously will factor a lot into that. Um, but the other part of that is, is he officially the starter at shooting guard now? Or is that still kind of fluid? And do we see Ferguson kind of taking over um, come playoff time? Yeah, so again, you're stealing mine because mine was what kind of contract does Lou get whenever he gets converted? Sorry, we're overlapping a little bit. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. The great minds think alike, man. Uh, I think all those points are valid, right? I kind of feel like it's Lou's position now at the two. Like I don't know how they they go back and and unless Lou starts being really bad, they'll switch it back. But as of right now, I don't see why they would. Well, particularly if Ferguson's going to continue to play so timid on the offensive end. Like uh, we've talked about this before, but it really becomes a liability to this team. Good defense, elite defense or not. Um, and so I think just that alone, if Lou continues to produce on the offensive end, I'm with you. I don't see why you want it. Um, yeah, stick with Lou. As far as when does he get the the contract? I think it's at the end of the forty five days, whenever that is. It just makes like fiscally, it makes sense. The two way contract is cheap. Let that run out, and then give him his full time NBA contract. And so, so that leads to to what my question was: is what does that contract look like? Yeah, 
is it is it a fully guaranteed three years is it partial guarantee um is it you know the homie got the minimum you know so homie last year made like eight hundred thousand, and i think this year is making one million do they give Lou something more like in the in the Baisley range of like a 1.4, 1.5 million? Like he he was a late first, first round first rounder, pick. right? I'm interested to see what the terms of that contract are going to be. And one issue I think um, that the Thunder are facing right now is because they are starting Lou and he has been producing and playing so well for the for this team is that gives him and his representative a whole lot of leverage. I mentioned yeah. uh, listening to the Dream Team uh, OKC Dream Team at the gym tonight, and uh, one thing that that previous guest of the of our podcast, John Ham, was was talking about is is that right there and the leverage that they could have um, going to Sam Presti and being like, look, that's great that he was undrafted and that he's coming off a two way, um, but he's a starter for you guys right now and he's shown that he can play. So let's see what you either give us the money or if you can't, we're going to see what he can get in restrict, restricted free agency. Um, so that could be another reason we haven't seen him converted yet. They could still be having some ongoing uh, contract negotiations. It's definitely a possibility for sure. It's going to be fascinating, but really high on Lou. Really like too. the dude. He's fun. He's fun. All right. Uh, my second one, and I'm, I'm down to two left, so that's funny. <laughs> um, will the Thunder keep their 2020 draft pick? Ooh, that's That a pick great is question. top 20 protected. So if the Thunder are one of the 10 best teams in the league, they will lose that pick. Uh, right now, I think that pick is sitting at pick 19. So they're right on that edge. They would have to finish with a better record than teams like Philadelphia, I think, uh, teams like like Dallas, uh, maybe like Utah. So they're kind of right on that edge. But it, it's fascinating. I, there's so many fascinating things that go into this, right? Do the Thunder end up keeping that first-round draft pick because first-round draft picks are currency, and even in a weak 2020 class, that currency could be good. If they they keep the pick this year, this first round 2020, then they lose their 2022 second round pick. That's supposed to be the double draft. So a second True. round pick in, in that draft is pretty valuable. So what does the franchise value more? First in a week 2020 class or a second in the 2022 double class? I don't know. Right, I really don't know. Um, do they want to keep the 2021st this year to use it in a package to try to move up to maybe get up into the lottery? Uh, you know, package another first future first to move up and get in the lottery and 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 snag a player. I don't really know what the plan is, but it's going to be fascinating for a rebuilding team that has very clearly prioritized first round draft picks. If they kind of start playing the numbers game here, we talked about resting guys earlier. Do they start to rest guys in an and, attempt and try, to keep right. their draft pick? Right. That's a, another really good question. Very good question. I was going to bring up that point as well. Um, but I, I, I think the only hint we really have to go off of right now is what Presley at the deadline. He didn't do anything. Um, so obviously he's he wants to see how far this current team can go. And so maybe this is his way of saying, hey, I really don't care too much about this week draft. Um, I can find ways to move up and get somebody if I really want to for now. Let's, uh, and you know who he needs to move up and get, Taylor. We've talked about it. Oh, I don't yeah. think on the pod. Denny. But, dude, Denny. I am all aboard the Denny Avdia hype train. Get that Israeli. He's not Israeli. I think he's Serbian. Get him to Oklahoma City. I He looks he's big pre- time, and he's climbing up those boards. He's like up to number four or five right now. Dude, I'm so high on the kid. He's just He's, he's impressive, and he's still six, so young. 
six foot nine, like two hundred fifteen pounds, can handle the ball, can play defense, can pass. He's starting to develop a jumper. He's everything I want in a basketball player. I want them to get Denny so bad. He be he be fun. I agree. But then somebody told me that they think Denny is the next Mario Hazonia, and then oh, that's so sad. Yeah, he's either the new Luca or the new Mario. There's no in between. God. <laughs> that, uh, that's crazy. You want to talk about a range, man? Yeah, Jesus no Christ. Kidding. That's just draft in a nutshell. Yeah. So, what's your next one, Taylor? Uh oh. I think Taylor's trying to hush the dog up right now. So, we'll give him a second. Uh, but I, I've been really high on Denny Avdia. He's, I don't know, he, he, he's that big prototypical three slash four ball handler that I really like. So, I, I'm really excited on him. Taylor, you're back. What is your next. I just. Uh, just realized I was talking on mute. That's really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, so my next one is, and you were like, I think Taylor's trying to hush the dog. And I was like, oh, is he being loud in the background? No, I was just still on mute. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the puppy's not ha- too happy right now because I have him locked up in this room with me. But um, so speaking of lineups, we've, we've talked a lot about lineups so far, t- uh, some of these themes. And you, you mentioned Baisley. Billy has a, has a hole in the lineup to fill with Baisley's injury. Uh, we've seen Billy use Homie. We've seen him use Nader. He's played really small as options, uh, filling those backup four minutes so far uh, in this brief time uh, with playing without Baisley. What will he do this last part of the season? And is it worth giving Baisley like full minutes back with him getting healthy like right about a month before the playoffs begin? He's going to be coming back right around a critical time um, when you really want to be playing your best basketball and trying to incorporate a young rookie back into the lineup after you know being a little rusty from an injury. It's going to be really interesting to me to see what Billy does there. Do you have any inclinations or predictions? At this point, I mean, I feel like you have to to put Baisley back in and get him as many minutes as you can before the playoffs because I don't know what your – I mean, if your other option is Hami and Nader, you know, like they both have have positives, but you don't want to play those guys in the playoffs, right? Like so so unless something happens like a buyout candidate or something – uh, and, and I don't even see how a buyout candidate would work because you only have one roster spot left. That's going to Lou. So if you want to get a buyout guy, you're going to have to cut somebody like a Nader or a Burton or somebody like that. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think they're just going to ride it out and give Baisley the minutes whenever he gets back. That's what my assumption would be. And I think it's it's going to be really important for him too to get those minutes so early on in his career. I mean, it's going to pay dividends down the road. I think Presley's probably more concerned about that uh, than he is trying to, you know, go through the process of incorporating Baisley down the lineup or back into the lineup and how that affects playoffs and, and the team's play. Um, I'm with you. I think getting him that experience is more important than just about and anything else. And we've seen this in the past before where the Thunder went buyout market and instead benched a, a promising young guy. You know, I think Karam Butler and Jeremy Lamb. I think Derek Fisher and Reggie Jackson. You know, they, they went buyout route to try to get somebody to help the team at the expense True. of the development of a young guy. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that this year. That's a, Yeah, that's a really good point. So, all right, Taylor. Well, my last one, pretty simple. My, my last big question for the team coming down the stretch, storyline. Can they match last season's win total? Ooh, last season yeah, they won 49 games. One. Uh, can they get to 49 games again this season? If they did, my God, that would just be a hell of a storyline. It's going to be so close to, I mean, just going through the remaining schedule, looking at some of these games that they have, like it's, it's going to be so close. And here's the thing. I thought you were going to say 50, like 50, the, the magic number, uh, are they going to be able to reach 50? 
and I was gonna say it's it's close enough they'll probably hit like their their what uh, their win total for last season, which was forty nine. Um, so now you you said forty nine. That's even more tough now. Um, goodness, it's. I mean, I I feel like they're gonna be right there without you know? like going game by game right now live on the podcast, which I don't really want to do because we're trying to keep this one a little shorter. Um, I really don't know if I can say one way or the other, but if I'm inclined to pick right now, I think I'd I'd probably go. Uh, they'll at least hit it or go over. So I I did the math the other day and tweeted out a poll from the uncontested account. They need to go 16 and 13 the rest of the way to get to 49 wins. Uh, Of those 29 games, 15 are against teams over 500, 14 are against teams under 500. Okay. It's it's a fascinating split. 16 and 13, that's not that difficult to do, especially on the roll that this team has been on. Now we'll see what they do after they come back from the break. True. But I think it's there. I think it's there. It's going to be fascinating. All right. Do you have any more Thunder storylines? I've I do. burned my, I all mine a, up. I have one last one that kind of ties in perfectly with this. All or, right. With let's your hear last it. one. So I, I have what seed will OKC finish at the end of the regular season? Um, we just talked about their win total. What seed will that get them? And how far will they be able to go in the playoffs based off that seed? Obviously, there's a lot of outside factors there, like we mentioned, other teams and where they fall in seeding. Uh, but let's say they they finish in the sixth seed, for example, kind of that sweet spot that I mentioned earlier, and they get matched up with a Utah or a Denver or a Houston, how far do you think this team can go um, if that's where you see them falling? Okay, so let's go with both of these. Let's both make a prediction here. Uh, I am going to say main with the sixth seed. I'm going with it. Yeah. That that would mean that they're probably beating out Dallas. Yep. I'm going to go with it. So I'm going to say they're going to get the sixth seed. Uh, but they lose in the first round. They lose in six games, something like that. I think they'll make the first round uh, a little bit competitive. I think they'll they'll play a lot of really close games. Uh, I don't think they will win. I think they'll lose in the first round. But the sixth seed would be a massive achievement for this team. So what's your projection? Absolutely. So I, I actually was going to say something very similar. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and say uh, they'll stay in the sixth seed as well. I think they'll be able to edge out Dallas. And um, from there... My guess is that they'll probably end up playing at Denver. Maybe they'll they'll get they'll kind of get screwed and end up having to play like the Clippers or something, which would be brutal. But um, I could see them like losing a seven game series to Denver, who has home court, court advantage, and um, end up falling out of the the one seed. But I'm not going to count them out. I mean, they absolutely would have a chance against some of those teams, like we mentioned earlier. So uh, I have a similar prediction as you. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for this stretch run of the season in the playoffs. I think the playoffs are going to be incredible. I agree. Both, I agree just si- all both sides, both conferences, I think the playoffs are going to be really, really fun. We have so many interesting storylines. Can Philly pull their head out of their ass? Yeah. Can Boston survive playing some some bigs that maybe aren't suited to go up against the Joel Embiid's and the, the other bigs of the Eastern Conference? Um, do we get to see a staple showdown in the playoffs? Uh, you know, just all these storylines. It's going to be a blast. The playoffs are, I think they're just going to be great. I can't wait. I I cannot wait. So, all right, Taylor. Well, let's take a trip around the association. Um, Before we do that, though, quick word from our sponsor from the week, betonline.ag. So, Jacob, we mentioned the Thunder's uh, win total predictions. Guys, maybe you feel a little more confident than we do. There's a place you can go. If so, and bet on, uh, they're, they're over. BetOnline.ag. 
the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. We have March Madness, the Masters, Major League Opening Day, all right around the corner, which seems crazy to me. We're already to that point of the year, but super exciting. One of my favorite times of sports. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part, when you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus, which is pretty awesome. Uh, the Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night, and we can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing it with actual free money. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up, it's super easy, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support, support this podcast and all of our Blue Wire podcasts as well. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, since we're going around the association, I get to play the Kawhi sounder. Yes. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> so, Taylor, we got some news around the NBA. Today, officially, the Cleveland Cavaliers, have, they haven't fired. I guess Beeline has just stepped down. This makes five Cavaliers coaches since the 2016 season. Insert barfing sounder here. Yes. Um, hold on. I got a good sounder for this. Oh, I got to be quick on the awesome. sounders. <laughs> that's whoa, funny. Whoa, whoa. There you go. So, along with that, the Cavaliers haven't made the playoffs without LeBron on their team since he got into the league. Right? There's been two stretches where the Cavs have been without LeBron when he left for South Beach and then now when he's left for the Lakers. They've never been in the playoffs unless LeBron was on their team uh, since, like, the, the what, the 2004 season? Is that right? Sounds right. So my question for you, Taylor, is whenever we talk about the worst franchises in the league, the Kings the Knicks, maybe Charlotte. Do we need to start including the Cleveland Cavaliers in that list? Or have they only been good because maybe the greatest player to ever play the game is from Akron, Ohio? I think that's a huge part of it, for sure. Um, If they don't have LeBron, if LeBron stays in Miami or doesn't get drafted to Cleveland to begin with, like it's, it's... kind of crazy to think what could have what would have been yeah um, and they drafted anthony freaking bennett dude right right like and what the hell are you thinking there, you're obviously not getting those other players to come play with them and try and win a championship um it's basically uh, Kyrie, and he's eventually going to request a trade out of there because it kind of was a dumpster fire without lebron so and then i think you look at um i don't know did you get a chance to read sham's uh, report i think he is with two other athletic writers i, I believe who co- covered the cavaliers but I haven't read it, but I've seen uh, I've seen excerpts and stuff. So one of those mentions, um, you know, Altman kind of thrusting from the third chair into the GM seat, um, and one of his first tasks was trying to trade Kyrie, and we all know how that went. You get Isaiah Thomas back in return, and uh, not the IT who was a what third or fourth in MVP voting the previous season. He was a injured IT who didn't play a whole lot of the season and didn't last. Yep. Then uh, this says that Altman never really forged much of a relationship with LeBron and LeBron was actually pretty pissed off by Griffin's I guess departure if you want to call it that aka firing aka whatever you want to call it 
Altman had a falling out with uh, with Ty Lue and fired him just six games into the season. So it wasn't as much as the performance as much as it was. They just weren't seeing eye to eye and were butting heads. And obviously Lue is a, a great coach and is having success as an assistant right now in the league still. And uh, as we know, I think they probably were better off just sticking with Lue compared to uh, some of his predecessors, like you mentioned earlier. Um, he also has been at odds with Kevin Love since Love agreed to his his mammoth four year one hundred twenty dollar million dollar one hundred twenty million dollar extension. So Love signs that thing, and his general manager didn't even want him to sign it, um, which is pretty ridiculous, pretty crazy. The general manager is the one that offered it. That offered it to him. You know, which, he's just, the one that wrote the damn like, contract. Hey, I have to offer this to you, but don't accept it. No, Kevin Love's going to yeah. take his money. Like it makes sense. Yeah. And so they they summarize all that up with saying those are three central figures to the most important run of success in team history, and all of them have had issues with Altman. When you have a guy like that leading your franchise, obviously things are not going to go well. And you know that's very similar to those three teams that you mentioned: the Kings, the Knicks, and uh, the Suns. It's. It's a dumpster fire, man. I think we're at the point where we have to to really think about including them in in one of the worst run franchises. Actually, I said the Suns. The Suns are kind of starting to. Yeah, I think get I their said head Charlotte. Above water, but Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's bad in Cleveland. It's real bad. Although I did like the anecdote in that sham story about the about thug music how, or like how they're playing. Yeah, they music they kept thug, playing the songs that included the word thug. That's so, so awesome. That's yeah, so some great. good stuff. Some good stuff. All right, well, some other stuff around the league. Buyout season. Buyout we're get, season. We're starting to get players bought out, joining new teams. Some fairly big names, too. Yeah, Reggie Jackson of the Clippers, Jeff Green and Damari Carroll to the Rockets, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist to the Mavs. Taylor, I want to know which team has made the biggest jump due to the buyout market, and which player do you think is going to be most successful at their new stop? That's really tough. Um yeah, obviously, like you said, Reggie to the Clippers. I think, you know, I'm, us Thunder fans aren't big Reggie fans, but uh, no I think he's way. Gonna, yeah, who would have thought? Hashtag thunk tears it? of joy. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I actually think he's going to be pretty solid there. We'll see how many how many minutes Reggie he loves actually to gets. have the ball in his hand though, and when right. you have, you know, PG. Kawhi, PG, <coughs> Lou Will. Uh, Marcus Beverly. Morris, Patrick Beverly, he need like the ball, but he's a point guard. <laughs> or, or he's not going to get the ball in his hand very much. Right. That's what's kind of interesting to me. Um, so my pick is going to be the Rockets and not because I'm still 100% on board with the method they're going with, but if they're going with that method, those are two guys that I think fit what they're trying to do, going small and uh, having length and versatility. Um, Carroll and Green both. Now, I, I'm not super sold on Jeff Green. He's really struggled with the different teams he's gone to. Um, I'm not sure how much he really has left in the tank, but regardless, if Carroll can give you solid minutes, he's kind of an unknown because he didn't get to play a whole lot with the Spurs. I, I do kind of like what the Rockets did in the buyout market. Um, they went all in, and now we'll see if it pays off. So with The, the Rockets feel there, like their buyout season has been uh, high ceiling, low floor. Yeah, yeah, that's a good right? point. There, there's a huge variance. Those guys could come in and suck, and they could be garbage. But they could come in and really, really help that team and give them some depth. And, you know, maybe Dan Tony will decide to play more than six players in the playoffs. Yeah, right. No kidding. You know? So it's there, there's, it, it goes both ways. Uh, Michael Kidd, go Chris to the Mavs. Do anything for you? Not really. <laughs> I yeah, mean, me neither. We'll see. He, he might contribute, um, but it's not going to be anything major. Uh, can we talk about the biggest loser of the buyout market being the Los Angeles Lakers missing out on Collison and also Reggie? Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think maybe the bigger thing for Reggie Jackson 
was going to the Clippers instead of the Lakers. The Lakers could have used him. Right. I, I found that really interesting, but him. I guess him and PG are close, so maybe that's it. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They are I close. didn't realize that until I, I saw people tweeting about it. Yeah, uh, I remember that story, that hearing about that. They train in the offseason together. I remember hearing that whenever huh. the Thunder traded for Paul George. That's interesting. So, yeah, so so um, we, we kind of touched on buyout season. Uh, last one, and we touched on this a little bit in our Thunder themes, but which team is facing the most pressure to have postseason success? Oh, man, this is tough because I think you have quite a few. Um, yeah, you do. I the Clippers, I mean, Clippers slash Lakers listed here because basically the loser uh, of that series, uh, the ones who don't make it to the championship, there's going to be quite a bit of letdown from their fans. It's the battle for L.A. I yeah, I think maybe the here. Lakers a little bit more because LeBron, right? That, that clock's ticking, man. Father Time's undefeated. I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, but then the, the Rockets on the Lakers and the whole Kobe thing, which I hate saying, but like, yeah, that's going to add um, some. You got pressure. The, Ro- the the Rockets. I mean, yep. Woj said around the trade deadline on ESPN on SportsCenter that a lot of the Rockets' future hinges on this season. You know, after this season, you might see. Dan, Dan Tony's not going to be there anymore. Daryl Morey might not be there anymore. Their stars are aging. They've really killed all of their their future roster building uh, avenues, right? Exactly. So, so, so the the Rockets. That's a good uh, point. The the Milwaukee Bucks, if they don't win a title this year, does Giannis sign that supermax extension? Yep. Because if he doesn't, you don't you can't let him play out that last year and walk like Kevin Durant did. Right, you and can't do it. To trade him. I have the Sixers listed here um, with all the yeah, turmoil the six, and man. they go out and get Al Horford and all of us picked them to go to the conference. Yeah, finals, we picked the them to win the finals, dude. Yeah, and then I think, but I'm still not sure we picked uh picked my biggest one yet. Or oh. talked about my, or big, my biggest one yet. I'm gonna go with Portland. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> From like the it. Bottom to the top, real quick. If they don't make the, that eighth spot. Yeah, they and, and, um, they injuries, need to get in. Nurkic, whatever. I, still, still. It's yeah. That's that's a big one. That's a real big one. Fascinating. This is why I'm so ready for the playoffs. Yeah, right. The the stakes are so high for so many teams that they're all going to be gunning to to be successful. And you know, teams are going to get bounced. Teams are going to get knocked out. Yep, that's and the crazy what, part. How, and how does that affect the future of the league? You know. I mean, it, it. all of this creates these small little ripples. If Draymond Green doesn't start kicking nutsacks in <laughs> in the playoffs, then he doesn't get suspended. Golden State probably wins the finals that year, and Kevin Durant doesn't join the Warriors. That's true. That's a good point. You know, uh, but they got, they got bounced because Draymond Green's foot became a magnet to people's balls. <laughs> And and then he's low on flagrants. The, the and he whole gets off one game or one call, and now he's yeah. Done the, the the whole league shifts because of that. So who is going to get bounced this year in the playoffs before they're supposed to uh, not meet their expectations? And it's going to cause a roster change or a firing or or a trade that's going to alter the league. You know, it's really fascinating, and and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. I agree. It's going to be uh, pretty crazy, and we'll see how it impacts the offseason. Like you mentioned, that's really fun and interesting to think about. Definitely. Uh, any other league-wide thoughts, Taylor? I'm just excited for it to start back up. Yep, we got Final games stretch. Thursday night, Thunder play, Friday night, national television. That's it's awesome. It's going to be a good one. Uh, all right, hey, let's wrap this bad boy up. You better wrap it up. 
Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Hold on now. Hang in there with me. About that. Can you read? Wrap it up. Love All right, song. Taylor. Figured on this wrap it up, you and I could talk just for a few minutes about that new Stranger, Stranger Things Season 4 teaser trailer. Ooh. If you haven't watched that teaser trailer yet, warning. Uh, spoilers, because we're about to talk about it. But Stranger Things Season 4, we're both, oh, both of us, but the whole podcast, huge Stranger Things fans. Uh, we knew he was coming back, right? There was no doubt Hopper was dead. I, right, but I'm surprised they gave it away so quick in a teaser. Like, I really thought they were going to save that for, like, end of the first episode of the season or something like that. I was uh, yeah, very surprised. That's kind of going to be the hook for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, yeah, but it looks like he's – I mean, this show was based in the 80s, yeah? Right. Uh, so it's not Russia. It's still the Soviet Union. Uh, it looks like he's out in Siberia working in, like, a gulag. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. You know, we saw that the Russians had uh, the little demigorgon dogs, the demi dogs as they called them. So, yeah, I'm excited. Did did it? I can't remember. Did it have a release date? I I don't think they have yet. It's it just it's all teasers. Like I don't think there's an official date or anything set. I'm excited. It's gonna be good. Speaking of Netflix originals. Uh, there's also a new show called Lock and Key. I'm really excited. Have you started that one yet, Taylor? Called what? Lock and Key. Oh, on Netflix. Yeah, no, I haven't. It's uh, it's based off a comic book. I kind of want to watch okay, it. Okay, I was curious. I didn't know what podcast. it was. I thought it was just like, like a complete original series, huh? I'll look into no, it. Yeah, it, it's based off a, off a graphic novel series. So, I don't know. Looks interesting. Um, well, God, that was a short wrap it up. Anything <laughs> else for uh, for Stranger Things? Oh, Fa- favorite Stranger that's... Things character, Taylor? Wh- which Which kid do you like the most? Or adult, I guess. Trying to think. Um, hmm. Why am I drawing? Oh, Dustin. It's got to be Dustin. Yeah, Dustin's Steve's good. A fine I like Lucas. Too. I like Lucas. I yeah, also Lucas like. Uh, I like Steve a lot. Yeah. Steve was a real dickhead in season one, but after that, I love Steve. I agree. His Steve character really has been really fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, forty minutes in, let's get our listeners out of here because we're gonna hit them with a post-game podcast on Friday night as well. So. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you go leave a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. That just helps us be seen more, helps us get more downloads, helps us get more money, which we can reinvest into things like shirts and giveaways and, and, and send back out to you guys. Also, follow us on social media, wherever you want, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're there, right? So go check that out. As mentioned, we will be back with you Friday night after that Thunder vs. Denver game for a post-season, a post-game podcast. (laughs) And then our regular weekly pod will drop late Sunday night, early Sunday morning. So be on the lookout for that as well. Make sure you're subscribed so you get those downloaded automatically. You don't have to worry about going and searching every time. Just hit that subscribe button. Get the stuff as soon as it drops. Go to Design Tree, DSGN tree design without the vowels designtree.com click on the blue wire tab you can find the lutang clan shirts and the sga shirts uh, get fitted because that that lutang full-time contract is coming soon i think that's all i got you guys have a great rest of your week we will be back with you friday night slash saturday morning until then thunder up thunder up
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.